Welcome to Daring to Be Happy with Leela B, the podcast that invites you to show up, play big, be courageous, and inspire you that through meditation you can find peace and live happy. Hi, I'm your host, Leela B, and yes, I really am a modern day monk, but to be honest, I'm not all that different from you. I'm still subjected to the chaos that's part of a busy life and world. I'm far from perfect and I've got plenty of issues, but I've found a way to be happy anyway. So welcome to Daring to be Happy. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. You can receive your first audiobook and a 30-day trial to listen to it simply by signing up via leelab.life forward slash audible. I'm excited to bring you today's episode with my friend Michelle. We caught up a few weeks ago in Barcelona just before I left Spain on what was a very momentous day for the Catalonian people as it was the day that they voted for their independence from Spain. So not only do we delve into Michelle's experience of feeling conflicted on the inside, we also talk about what it's like to be in a city right now that's divided by strong opinions. Michelle is originally from Bulgaria, but now lives in Barcelona. By day, she works as a software engineer, but since 2014, has also been a meditation teacher and has had a consistent meditation practice since 2011. Earlier this year, Michelle made a very courageous and vulnerable post on social media. You see, up until very recently, I knew Michelle as Martin. So Michelle announced that she was in the early stages of transitioning from male to female. And I'm curious today to find out from her how her meditation is supporting her in this transition. So hi, Michelle. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) We were joking about that. (laughs) Do you think it worked? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I'm good, I'm good, thanks. And welcome to Barcelona. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the independence movement. Yeah. <laughs> we've got voting, we've got crowds, we've got demonstrations and police. Yeah, yeah. It's not the most peaceful, at least on the outside day here. But from what I have heard, the Catalan people are actually like much more interested in having a peaceful referendum peaceful independence and all that it's just that well it's not going exactly (laughs) as planned yeah yeah i was um i was walking through a square last night and that appeared to have been maybe a demonstration there earlier in the day but what i thought was really beautiful was there were basically the whole square was littered with pieces of paper but the paper all said paz which is one of the few spanish words that i know and translates to peace. So I thought that was a good step in the right direction. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Cool. So we'll get into this really kind of exciting and interesting stuff about going from Martin to Michelle Mm -hmm. shortly. But why don't you kind of take us back to what was your life like, or your experience of life like, maybe growing up and kind of pre meditation? Mm hmm. Uh, pre-meditation, I've always been like very busy, mm-hmm. <laughs> thinking a lot, thinking like all day long. And then I actually had insomnia for over 20 years wow. before starting to meditate. And the thinking wasn't going on only during the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I would end up my day like in the bed and maybe rolling for hours in the bed because I just couldn't fall asleep. I was thinking all the time. And um, I've always been like very kind of like planning. I need to do this. I need to figure out that. I was making like these huge to-do lists of the things that I need to do and the things that are like super essential and how do I get to do the most important things first and I was like super busy trying to figure this stuff out <laughs> yeah and yeah you've just reminded me when we were on meditation retreat together like three or four years ago you were in what we called the super thinker club. <laughs> 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 I've forgotten <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I suppose particularly do you think that's why you were career-wise drawn to something like software engineer computer IT things because it is quite a like analytical type of hmm. thing I don't remember the actual background what I remember is that when I was 10 years old mm. I just had my first contact with a computer and a magical world of possibilities and things that you can do and talking about 1992 so mm -hmm. this is like very early days of computing like i mean there was no internet mm -hmm. at the place where i was actually using the computer which was cool but I, I was like super excited and things were much more complicated you see i don't know how i can give you like a good explanation of that because no, I, I, I just can't think of anything. <laughs> I'm glad you can't think. That's great progress. <laughs> and so growing up in Bulgaria, that's a, what's, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like a Russian Federation? Communist country? Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did that impact how you saw the world, do you think? Yes, to some extent... In communism, what my memory is that there was this thing that, well, the Communist Party says this, and this is how things should be. And if you things are not like this, you go to jail. Mm. So this is like very, I don't know, like a very rough environment. Mm. It's not very open to things being different than the way someone else says mm -hmm. they should be. So it was kind of like underlying fear mm. in a way. Yeah. The, my what I know of you is you're very not that you're like the polar opposite of that <laughs> and you're obviously quite intrepid because you I know you traveled and you ended up moving to Ireland for how long in Ireland I lived about four and a half years yeah 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 so how did that conspire to happen <laughs> what led you to Ireland it was actually my ex-wife <laughs> <laughs> she was Irish no, she was Bulgarian. It's interesting because she's a big adventurer, a big traveler, very interesting person. She has traveled a lot more than me because she actually, she used to work as a flight attendant. One of the first things we actually, we actually met on Flickr. We, uh, we're, we're both into photography and <laughs> Flickr is like the thing that existed before Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> So 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 basically we went on we met on Flickr. <laughs> That's amazing. That's like the MySpace of Facebook. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I remember actually like seeing her photos. It was like, oh, wow, I would love to travel that much. It was like so. This looks like so amazing. It's like so beautiful. Like photos of Thailand and Egypt and and all over the world. And before that, I had at that time I had only been to two countries. Wow. <laughs> 
Bulgaria and since I was living on the border with Romania, Romania as well, because <laughs> literally my home was like 10 kilometers from the border yeah. with a car. So it was very, very easy to go there. <laughs> wow. And so what led you to meditation? Actually, that is something that, again, in some way related to my, towards the end of my relationship with my ex-wife. You know, I told you earlier that I had insomnia for mm. over 20 years and we had the things in our relationship weren't going well. And then it was my first year working in Amazon and uh, it was towards the end of the year. It was about actually this time of the year, mm-hmm. which for retail companies like Amazon is the big preparation for a big holiday shopping mm. season and all that. So it was maybe the most stressful <laughs> part of the year. So I had like, it, it was kind of like everything was against me, mm-hmm. like from my point of view yeah. at that time. And at one point, it was sort of like, I was either going to go mad or I was going to start meditating. Mm-hmm. And I started meditating. Thank goodness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so really it was like a build up and an accumulation of stress. Yeah. Stress yeah. at work, stress at home, everything mm-hmm. colliding. Mm-hmm. And you had to find something. There was really no choice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I literally had no choice. I would have ended up going totally nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I learned to meditate and it's sort of like, I don't know, like initially it was as if nothing happened, but then at the same time, I was feeling super peaceful meditating. And I didn't start with ascension, I started with other practices, mm-hmm. but you know, I was trying this guided meditation because I had more computery intellectual mind at that time. I was like, okay, I'm just going to prove that this doesn't work and I need to spend only 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I tried for 10 minutes, like, shit, this works. <laughs> <laughs> so actually after 10 minutes, I was feeling more peaceful. And it was an interesting thing. It was like, try to meditate 10 days for 10 minutes a day. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll just meditate on the second day. And on the second day, I was also feeling more peaceful. And I was like, okay, this is not a statistical error anymore. Because, <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> But that was kind of my attitude towards meditation in the beginning. So you were a bit skeptical. Yeah, I was very skeptical in the beginning. And it's funny because obviously I talk to a lot of Ashayas, we all use ascension, but it's great to hear that you were getting that peace and that kind of sense of more calm simply from 10 minutes of a guided meditation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you remember what you were using? Yes, it was called get some headspace or... Headspace. Yeah, headspace. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I haven't really used that app because mm-hmm. I found, found something else first. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love their animated cartoonish characters and oh. all that. Yeah, it is very cute. Yeah, <laughs> it's very it sweet. Fun. Cool. And so how did that then start affecting your life? Well, I was kind of getting like my 10 minutes of peace per day, mm-hmm. which was nice. Yeah. I also, I think that uh, they discontinued that, but at that time they had like a special meditation designed for sleeping just before you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And even from the first time I tried, I was like, wow, this is brilliant. I'm keeping, I'm sticking to it because at the time my, my, my ex-wife left me, I was sleeping like two, three hours a night and I was like literally like a zombie, like just dragging my body in the world. And I was like, 
terrible. Mm. <laughs> so being able to fall asleep in like 15 minutes for me is like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> so the first area where I noticed any improvement was, was my sleep. And I think it was what was happening for me though was that with the meditation, I was very quickly getting bored with different practices. And I did their, I think they have like different programs, like 10, 15, and 20. And it's the same thing, like 10, 10 minutes, 10 days, 15 minutes, 15 days, 20 minutes, 20 days. Cool. And then that was it. I was like, okay, now what? <laughs> I need to go longer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think I, I stick with that. 20 minutes for more than 20 days but in a way after some time i just got bored i tried something else and i was doing it for two three weeks i tried something else and i was doing it for two three weeks and i was kind of going like that over the first year mm-hmm. and until actually i found my way to to ascension which i've been sticking with ascension for the last What's that now? Like four and a half years. Mm-hmm. That's much longer than two, three weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why was that different for you? Why are you still doing it? <laughs> why was it different? I. <laughs> That's a very good question. I think it was my teacher. Mm-hmm. I think it was my teacher. When I met him, it was sort of like, I could see in his eyes like this profound peace and I was like, okay, that's what I want. And I know it very well. Mm. I had tried like the headspace thing is like online guided meditation. And I had tried other meditations like in person guided meditations, but I don't know, I never, never resonated that much with the teacher. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> that's exactly what i want and i actually like met my teacher in dublin but he was living in london at that time and he was flying to dublin from time to time to do like a talk or a course or something and i was sticking with it and i I sort of made this commitment to it just i'm just going to read all the books that he has written and go to all of his workshops until i have what he has i was like super super sure that that's exactly what i want and we're talking about sandy newbigging yeah, yeah yeah who has also been on the show oh fantastic yeah <laughs> cool so he was your meditation teacher yeah, yeah and did you also get involved in his mind detox and mind calm retreats and all of that i didn't do mind detox i did mind calm mm-hmm. because that was i think his latest book at that time yeah, so you said you saw something in him mm-hmm. that you wanted. Yeah. And was that something you recognized? Yeah, it was just super profound peace. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could I could just look in his eyes and I was like, man, this, this guy is really peaceful. Uh, I mean, you don't need any words. I think I've heard somewhere that like the verbal communication, the actual words are like only like 7% of what we're communicating. Mm. And I don't know how exactly the rest is divided up, but there was definitely peace being beamed out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So then in 2014, you decided to become a meditation teacher mm-hmm. and did a six-month meditation course in order to do that. 
and that's when I first met you and what I loved like watching you after that is something I've always really admired about you is that after finishing that which we did in Spain you decided you wanted to move to Spain and you taught yourself Spanish in three months <laughs> of Duolingo <laughs> and I'm like wow that is amazing <laughs> I don't know I just I was like I couldn't do that I think with language learning it's actually as with anything else I have always had this way of really committing to something and really like jumping and, and doing it yeah <laughs> Yeah. And this helps a lot with language and with anything else. Mm. And I definitely saw that in you when you were doing your training in Spain. Mm. You really went for it. <laughs> and I remember we had a few competitions to see who could do the most meditation in like a 24-hour period. <laughs> <laughs> and you always won. <laughs> Again, I was really impressed by that. I was only just a little bit behind. How do you think meditation has changed you? If you think back to that, the guy you were living in Ireland to the woman you're becoming now. In Ireland, actually, if if I if I take it more to before ascension and afterwards, mm-hmm. I love cooking, mm-hmm. and. But I can be a big mess, <laughs> as in break an egg and do something and then spill the whole thing on the floor. And then it's like, shit, like this is like so mad. I'm like so messy. And I was really beating myself in the past. And I was very, I don't know, like this was like very not self-loving way of relating to myself, mm-hmm. that, that way of just living. And now uh, maybe I break an egg and it falls on the ground and it's like I laugh at it and I just clean it and it's like just just move on and (laughs) I go to the shop to buy another egg if I need to like it's that kind of attitude it's it's much lighter Mm -hmm. it's much lighter and I think the um, guy versus girl thing I think the trying to be a guy thing has been more of a being a people pleaser Mm-hmm. Uh, way of living because mm-hmm. uh, I mean it's from from childhood really yeah. when we kind of learn to okay this is what I'm allowed to do this is what I'm not allowed to do maybe you fight like the first 10 15 I don't know like 100 200 times and after some point you maybe just give up and it's like okay just whatever I'll just I'll just be whatever others want me to be mm-hmm. and so as a child, did you want to play with the dolls and do what the girls did? Playing with dolls, no, but I f- actually, I don't know how things are these days. Back in my days, there were boys' games and girls' games. Mm-hmm. I wanted to play the... Actually, I think I wanted to play both, but kids were laughing at me for wanting to play the girls' games. Yeah. And as a little child, it's not a very pleasant situation to be in. Mm. <laughs> I just remember something really funny because I was in secondary school and my favorite band at that time was uh, were the Spice Girls. <laughs> you knew you were gonna say Spice Girls. <laughs> For all about the girl power yeah. and all that. And I was like, very excited and I went to school with my brand new like, Spice Girls t-shirt <gasps> and everyone was laughing at me. Like, oh my god, like what is why? Why can't I just enjoy my 
brand new Spice Girls t-shirt like, and show off with it and be like, yeah, this is super nice <laughs> and, and, and be excited about it. Yeah, this those kind of my situation in the early days and children can be very direct, direct. and mean and bullying and all that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so as a young person, you were drawn to wanting to express yourself enjoy the Spice Girls, mm-hmm. play the girls' games and the boys' games. Mm-hmm. When did you become, I suppose, consciously aware that maybe you were, I don't know quite how you put it, but that you were maybe in the wrong body? I think my earliest memories date back to when I was about three, four years old. Wow. And at that time... I just thought, as many children, that I could just magically... <laughs> it sort of like had this awareness of, okay, I'm in a boy's body now, but I'll just grow up and be a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was kind of it. There's no process in my child's thinking. It yeah. was just, yeah, it's magic. I'll just... Like this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want it to be an astronaut and things like that, that like many children want, but <laughs> yeah. Cool. And so then when you made that quite public post announcing Mm -hmm. that you were actually a woman and wanted to become a woman or live as a woman, which Mm -hmm. was when I first knew this about you just Mm -hmm. six months ago, was that the first time you really told anybody or had you been starting to share it with people those closest to you before then? That was about a month after I started talking with people. And, and I first told my mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, she was the second person I told. But I told another friend who is going over the same thing first. Mm-hmm. And then a few hours later, I told my mom. Yeah. But I basically, in the first month, I told my, my family. I told my friends that I was seeing in person. And then just posting it on my Facebook profile was kind of kind of like a very natural fall-on, I think. At some point, I just realized that I'm meeting someone and it's sort of like this background process of thinking or worrying how will they react if I tell them or whether should I tell them or not. And I just thought, okay, I'll just kill the whole thing, like just... (laughs) pull it out of the rules and just post it on Facebook and then it's public and there's nothing to worry about anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to deal with it once and for all and, and be done with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know like how it sounds like a whole month of going through that, but for me it was like, yeah, I just don't want that anymore. I just, mm-hmm. like, I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did your mom react? Uh, <laughs> crying. A lot of crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that hard? you well we cried together we hugged then we started laughing about it and joking about it Mm -hmm. and um yeah and she wasn't very accepting of it first three four weeks but as time passed on she was kind of like yeah yeah okay (laughs) this Mm -hmm. is (laughs) this is how things are and she started feeling better Mm-hmm. Is Bulgaria quite a conservative country when it comes to these kind of gender identity issues? Yep. <laughs> I thought it might be. <laughs> I think, I don't know whether it's communism that has left its mark. 
as I told you earlier, in communism, there was this thing of this is what the party says, this is what you do. Especially there was this rumors of people talking about the party who were sent to jails in Siberia to dig in mines. And it's like, okay, that sounds very rough. <laughs> you know, you're not sent to like a regular prison, like yeah. warm and that. You're sent to S- Siberia. Siberia, <laughs> literally Siberia. Yeah, 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 literally. So you must follow the rules. There's no questions about it. Mm-hmm. I think it might take... I don't know, like a couple of generations for people to go over that mentality. Mm, of course. Mm. Mm. And how did everybody else react? Super positive. Mm. Actually, compared to my childhood experience, I was like very worried and I was very expecting like a very negative reaction of people. And, and then like everyone was so supporting. And, and when I posted that on Facebook, I think it had like more than 200 likes and mm. like over 100 comments. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, wow. Like, this is a, if I knew that, I, I probably would have done it like years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a really... I'm actually getting goosebumps just thinking about it now. (laughs) When I read that, I was just so blown away by by the courage that it clearly had to take. But also it felt, for me, I was just so proud of you Hmm. for having that courage to speak your truth and share just the such what was... I mean, I can only imagine is really something so personal and so intimate in being willing to just go, right, this is actually my truth. And this is how it is for me. <laughs> and I just thought it was so beautiful and so inspiring. Mm. And I was just like, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Go for it, girl. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, how has your meditation helped you in this coming up period? Oh, I think I couldn't imagine myself doing that without the meditation to be honest Mm -hmm. you know obviously you can never know but I think I might have just lived my whole life without suppressing part of myself Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for meditation I think meditation has been like a very helpful tool with any sort of very strong moments in my life Mm -hmm. (laughs) and when I needed to be I think whenever I couldn't find any stability in the outside world, meditation has been an absolutely amazing tool. Because on the inside, I could always go back to this peace that I can experience, despite of the whole world maybe looking like some mad place. Mm-hmm. And actually, like a couple of days ago, I had that realization here with the Catalan independence movement as well that. Things are not looking super peaceful on the outside, but I understand where people are coming from, how this is going, and can hope for the best. I can hope for like this being as peaceful as time as it could be, but this doesn't need to make me feel stressed. Doesn't need to. I don't need to worry about it all the time. Mm. <laughs> you know, I could. I. I could just live peacefully throughout the significant movements on the outside (laughs) yeah yeah because you go out on the street and it's definitely 
something going on out there oh, yeah, today. Definitely. There's definitely <laughs> a vibe and there is uh, helicopters <laughs> and quite a lot of police. <laughs> but, I know we talked about this, I think, before we started recording, getting messages from friends or concerned family and I was saying, unfortunately, my family is currently asleep in New Zealand. <laughs> So they (laughs) are missing out on this. But like that's only happening if you're directly involved and it's only happening in moments, in small moments Mm -hmm. in different parts of the city. And so I mean we're sitting here in your apartment and it's quiet and it's it's peaceful and it's not our reality (laughs) right now. Mm -hmm. We're uh, we're completely safe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so we have this part of the show called the playful questions i don't know if you've heard them (laughs) but are you ready to play (laughs) yeah great so what is your favorite food my favorite food oh oh this is very this is something bulgarian yeah and it's quite complicated thing to make because you need red peppers Mm -hmm. you know the pointy ones right yeah but you have to kind of like bake them so they're soft, you peel them off, you stuff them with a mix of cheese and eggs and you put them in, oh, what was this thing? I, I, I'm forgetting some of the stuff, but you kind of like fry them in the end with some with some breading on top of okay. it. Okay. This is super duper delicious. I absolutely love it. Cool, so it's like... <laughs> Peppers stuffed with cheese and egg and crumbed and yeah. fried and baked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds great. This is delicious. What's, it, what's the Bulgarian word for it? Chushki burek. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to try and repeat that. Yeah, yeah, no worries. What's your favorite conscious book or movie? Awareness by Anthony DeMello. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's been a very popular book <laughs> suggestion. Any others that have also had an impact? Any others? Uh, Only because we're trying to expand our book club reading list. Yeah. Interesting. I think um, I think the awareness book has been a very kind of like something that I could come back to and read a bit and feel like very, you know, like uh, Practicing the Power of Now mm-hmm. by Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. But... I would put this book in a very much category of like my advice to anyone reading it would be read it without trying to intellectually understand it mm. because there's a huge difference between reading it and just absorbing the book's energy ah. and reading it and trying to intellectually understand it and trying to force a change in what you're doing. One of these gives you a headache, mm-hmm. trying to intellectually understand it, and the other one gives you peace. <laughs> wow, that's major progress from a former super thinker. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> What's your favorite place in the world that you visited? My favorite place? My favorite place is like a peaceful beach mm-hmm. or a peaceful park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't need to be anything special, just not a crowded beach. (laughs) Yeah. What's your favorite park in Barcelona? Because Barcelona's got 
quite a lot. Uh, actually, the one that uh, we're about 50 meters away from, it's called Ginerto. Is that the one I just went past on the bus? Yes. Yeah, it looked great. <laughs> it looked lovely. And what brings you joy? Actually, before I ask you that, when you're teaching meditation, your Ashaya name is Nandi. Mm-hmm. What's Nandi mean? <laughs> it means joy and, and happiness and satisfaction. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and you, I remember when you received that name and it embodied you and your essence so well. <laughs> so if you are joy, does anything bring you joy or is it just all naturally just spilling out of you all the time? What brings me joy? I would say actually just being on the beach or being in the park. It's actually that not doing anything special, but just being there mm-hmm. for being there. Yeah. Not for not in order to try to do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the other thing that brings me joy is ice cream and chocolate and <laughs> sweets. I, I love desserts. <laughs> uh, there's good desserts in Barcelona. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. There's so much sugar in this town. <laughs> what is something that still challenges you or trips you up at times? <laughs> I don't know if I should tell it transitioning because it's, it's a weird way. I'm kind of... I know the terminology about how people talk about when you're changing from expressing yourself in more masculine way to expressing yourself in more feminine way but you know i have like over 30 years behind my back expressing myself in masculine way so accepting that sometimes progress is slow Mm -hmm. sometimes i might look as if i'm doing the same thing over and over again even though i've really freaking want it to be different (laughs) is still challenging but at the same time when I've been really open and accepting to it it's been like oh yeah whatever (laughs) and moving on with it and yeah just life is good and everything is cool and you know I feel like so much more open and so much more at peace compared to just six months ago when I was still trying to hide parts of myself mm-hmm. so yeah this is beautiful <laughs> and so how do you see this change playing out or what is your long-term goal or mm-hmm. being able to express this more feminine mm-hmm. uh, identity <laughs> I actually don't have a very good clue about it. <laughs> um, you know, like over the last six months, I have had to make a lot of choices. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of situations when I could have chosen to keep being more masculine or be like, yeah, actually, I don't feel like that really. I feel like maybe being more feminine or, or something and trying this and trying that and and I have absolutely enjoyed that and actually if I have to mentally plan it out mm-hmm. my current situation can look very far from ideal <laughs> and I've always found it much easier to just 
enjoy playing mm-hmm. and enjoy exploring and enjoy just allowing myself to be exactly as I am right now and see what happens. This is really the magical, the really magical thing. But maybe the thing that I had seen a bit in the transgender world that is not so great is that people just move from one box to another box. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit sad because in a way, you know, like before I was told by people, well, you're a guy, you're, you're not supposed to cry, you're not supposed to be weak, you should always be strong. You should definitely eat more steak, eat more meat, be a strong guy and stuff like that. And I was buying into that. And then there's the other side when, okay, so now I'm just going to express myself in a more feminine way. But sometimes being handed out a handbook of how you need to express yourself in a more feminine way by both other transgender people and women and, and everything is like, wow. Hold a minute. <laughs> I just want to be myself. Mm-hmm. And I've sort of started going in a certain direction, but I just want to feel open to that changing. Mm-hmm. And I want to be open to to things the way that they naturally appear to me and not be really that bound by... Um, these box models. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know exactly what the future holds for me, but I think the thing that I'm certain about is that I want to be more open. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful the way you put that. <laughs> it's not about, yeah, like trying to fit into a completely different stereotype, but just by staying here in this moment, making the choice that feels most natural and open regardless of what the rules say mm-hmm. either either side I think that's amazing <laughs> thanks yeah what is the biggest lesson you've learned from meditation hmm. <laughs> to be more open I guess mm-hmm. it's in an interesting way, I was before meditation, I was very stubborn and I laugh about it now. It kind of didn't feel very nice back at that time <laughs> because sometimes I would see myself really struggling with something and pushing hard and sometimes even like maybe having that glimpse that what I'm doing is not exactly the best thing that I should be doing, but still going on for it and pushing hard and and all that. And one thing that I can appreciate now is that this stubbornness is actually kind of like the combination of all of commitment and lack of openness. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Both in great quantities. (laughs) And if you get the two-way meditation, which makes you more open you get a lot of commitment and a lot of openness which is amazing yeah which is absolutely amazing just to finish up what piece of advice or wisdom would you give to well normally i ask that you would give to someone who desires to know more about who they really are but 
perhaps what piece of advice would you give to anyone who's maybe going through any kind of gender identity issue? Hmm. I think the most important thing is to be yourself and to never try to just ignore that because who you are is not like a democratic vote of (laughs) others Uh, you don't need a referendum for (laughs) that that determines your gender (laughs) and you kind of know that in yourself and i mean i knew that when i was three four years old i probably have known that even earlier it just wasn't very formulated in logical thoughts or mental concept but you need to be yourself for me telling my family directly was very important and being at peace with them you know my mom was just crying for the first three weeks so <laughs> that wasn't the easiest bit but i just had to be myself and i I think it's as long as you're yourself, as long as you're not selling your identity to please others, mm-hmm. people will at some point actually realize that that's just who you are and, and there's no point in trying to change you. It will just look very kind of like a wasted effort, I guess, at some point to others mm-hmm. if they initially try to change you or trying to change the situation or, or whatever. But being really open with family and with friends, mm. having like your closest people who will support you. Yeah. I think yeah. that's really important what you say about that you didn't kind of go out and try to force it on them or push it, push this identity on them, but just shared from your heart mm-hmm. that this was who you were. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's. I think that's key because if you try to push stuff onto others, they they will resist. And I mean, I know that very well (laughs) because people have been trying to tell me that I'm a guy and that's what I should be and Mm. and da da da. But trying to push to people that no, 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 I'm no longer a guy, I'm a girl. And no, it's actually not even from now, but yeah, forget about this stuff. uh, it's just being who you are is more powerful than you, you know in a way if you try to push it onto others it's sort of like you need their approval mm. in order to be yourself yeah that's how I see it yeah but you don't need that you can just be yourself mm. you can just skip that step of trying to force something onto someone mm. Mm. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I just want to praise you, Michelle, because I think you are going through this with such grace. That's what I think I've learned most from speaking to you today. And uh, yeah, I just, I am just so enormously proud of you. Mm. And yeah, I just want to wish you all the very best and continuing to go down this path but staying and living in every moment being open and fluid and just allowing it to all unfold however it's going to unfold but I know that it's going to unfold perfectly 
(laughs) (laughs) And I know that you've got a few exciting things that you're going to start moving into jewellery making and things. Is that something that is an outward expression of this femininity, do you think, that's coming through for you? I think it's very related, yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been actually doing photography for the last 13 years, Mm -hmm. and I've done this... somewhat professionally as well in the last uh, years but then for the most part it has been my main hobby Mm -hmm. the biggest thing for me and it was in a way appreciating beauty Mm -hmm. in my way and expressing my more creative side and I think that step into jewelry design was it started about six months ago alongside me starting to be more open about myself (laughs) well i'm very excited to see where it leads at some point in the future and i want to thank you so much for being willing to talk about it now i think it'd be amazing to check in with you and another six months or a year or two years to see how it has all unfolded in its perfection for you. So thank you so much for being on Daring to be Happy and I think you're a perfect example of that daring. (laughs) Thank you, Leila. Thanks. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing this amazing show. I mean, I've already listened to a few episodes of your podcast and it's absolutely brilliant. (laughs) Thank you. Wow, what an incredible story to hear today from Michelle. I know I said it during the interview, but what I most admire about Michelle is her commitment and clarity to live her life on her own terms, to not simply jump from one gender stereotype to another, but to make a choice in each and every moment as to what feels right for her. And as a result, it really does seem that she is going through this time of transition with grace and in peace, as well as maintaining the joy that is her natural essence. And that does take so much courage to be open and honest about not even being sure herself how it's supposed to look. I think even as society becomes more and more open and accepting of gender identity, it can still create a minefield of questions and trying to understand. So what I love about my own meditation practice is that it's given me the skills to simply accept people however they want to be, to look past the outside or material stuff, to see that any questions that I may have are actually totally irrelevant, and just to see the truest version of someone. And in this respect, I get to see Michelle as actually being no different to me than when I knew her a few years ago as Martin. She still exudes this natural innocence of being an absolute expression of pure joy. And so I hope that everyone can see her and accept her in the same way as she continues to discover more and more of herself. So if you would like to learn my best recommendations for starting or continuing in your own meditation practice, don't forget you can download my top tips from my website simply by heading to leelab.life forward slash top tips and with that i want to thank you for listening to daring to be happy and praise you for your willingness to show up play big and be courageous find peace and live